Hey, everybody, how are we doing? Three people are doing good. Are we doing good? Yeah. All right, how much do we love pastors Daryl and Nikki? Gosh, you guys are blessed with the best. If they weren't so committed to you and to our ma, we would steal them. But stealing's not good, the Bible says, so they can stay here. Hey, you guys have honestly just such an incredible worship team, praise and worship. Man, we are in church quite a lot, and um, we like to think that we've got a great praise and worship band, which we do, but you guys are just blessed with. Just felt like the presence of God in this place, the anointing and worship. So come on, man, we just thank the worship team and just honor the gift and the guys at the back serving us so well today. And as Pastor Darrell's already said, my name's Lee, that's my wife, Lizandri, and our seven-month-year-old baby called Zaina, who is hiding at the sound of my voice. Nothing new there. Hey, guys, at the back, give us a wave. There they are at the back. Aren't they looking beautiful? She's seven months. I'm originally from Cumber County Down. You, that's what I like to hear. But that is the response I expected for a man from Cumber. Let me tell you this. Cumber has the best spuds. Isn't that true? The Cumber spuds. I met a guy in Wales a couple of weeks ago. We were out walking. He's from Northern Ireland. And we were chatting. He says, hey, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm originally from Cumber. And he was like, the Cumber spuds are in. We used to say that. I was like, yes, Cumber spuds, absolutely world famous. Um, we're the campus pastors at Audacious Chester Campus, and we've been there for seven years, so that's my, why my accent is a little bit more anglicized, but because I'm in Northern Ireland, I don't have to speak slowly, I can speak fast, can I? You guys just rapid fire, but when you do that in England, you get looks, especially when you say par, you say the word par, they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, power, power, it just feels weird, doesn't it? Power, shower, it's not, it's a shower, isn't it? A par shower, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, so it's good to be amongst friends, good Northern Irish people who are building an awesome church. And we, like Pastor Daryl said, put on an annual culture summit. So some of you I do know, a lot of you I don't know. So thank you for investing in our conference every single year. And we know that as we gather leaders together and we send the church back to local countries and contexts, villages, cities and towns that God is building his church, the Bible says. And not even what? The gates of hell will prevail against it. So it is an absolute honor to be here today. We have seven campuses across the life of Audacious Church. We're 16 years old. We've got three in Manchester, Chester that we lead. And we've also got Cardiff, Sheffield, and Geneva. So we're busy keeping ourselves busy building church. But sure, what else would you rather do? Building the church of God. I've got a message for you today. Come all the way from Chester for this message called Think Bigger, Live Larger. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, think bigger. Now turn to your other neighbor who you ignored and tell them, live larger. Think bigger, live larger. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 54 from verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back, for you will spread out to the left and to the right. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. I love the way the message puts this section. Eugene Peterson describes it as this. He says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. See, there's a link here between large living and big thinking. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. That's why you guys are getting a new building. I've just crossed 400 grand, which you should celebrate at every opportunity because you're growing, you're building church. 
And for us, we embarked on a campaign for the building we're currently in some six, seven years ago. And we have done a similar kind of model of buying chairs, but we all know a chair is obviously giving capital to the building, but the chair represents a person. And so a family in our church, they committed to give a chair for their son who was far from God. And so they gave in faith, they bought a chair with Josh's name on it. They committed that this was going to be Josh's chair. And fast forward some six years from that giving campaign, Josh is now one of my best friends and he's our youth pastor in church. Didn't know God was living a crazy lifestyle, but because of a little bit of faith, you can celebrate, applaud God for that. It's not us, it's the Lord. Because of us stepping out in faith and creating room and giving radically, not recklessly, and giving in sacrifice, God is reaching people. So this verse, create lots of room. You're going to need lots of elbow room because your family's going to grow. I've met people today from Dublin and Canada and South Africa. God isn't just expanding his church in Armagh. Praise God that he is. But you're going to have a, just a regional and a national touch on what God is doing here at Vibe Church. It's a different message for a different day. Let me continue. You're going to take over whole nations. Look, the Bible says it. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Do not be afraid, Vibe Church. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Think bigger, live larger. Have you ever had a time where you've thought too small, where your thinking's been really small? I remember when I first moved over to Chester, I didn't move for a job at the church. I got a word from God to relocate my life to Chester. So I showed up and said, hey, I'm here just to get stuck in, muck in and build a church. So I needed a job to facilitate my volunteer time. And I worked in the best pizza restaurant on the planet called Pizza Express. I don't know if you have it up here, but they've got it in the south called Milano Pizza Express. And I was, get this, I was a manager on duty. Ooh, fancy, isn't it? A manager on duty. That meant I had a little red card and could swipe in the till and do what I wanted. And one time, they asked me to go and cover a shift in Liverpool at a restaurant I'd never been in in my life. And I said, yes, of course I'll go. So I show up to this restaurant, and it was chaos. Let me tell you, it was crazy. People had phoned in sick. It was like an opera night across the road at the theater. It was a new system we were introducing. I didn't know it was proper chaos. There was just stuff falling apart everywhere. And I'm trying to manage the chaos. Anyone ever been there where you're just managing chaos? The plates are spinning. It's just going everywhere. And I remember this moment came where this group of 10 big burly guys came in and they hadn't booked, so they're looking for some space. So we threw some tables together. We're just trying to make it work because we've a queue at the door. We're packed out, understaffed. It is chaos. So what I decided to do is, you know what? I can do this. I'm Lebron, this is gonna be easy, no problem, I've got this. So I started trying to carry as many plates as I could in my hands to shorten, you know, the journey time to the kitchen and back. And the guys, they had all ordered and I remember carrying three plates, one plate in this hand and two plates in this hand. And I walk over to the guys who are all sat at the table and I'm, you know, asking who's this pizza for? And I say, who's ordered the American? We had a big American pizza, massive pizza set. Yes, me. So as I leant over to give this guy the pizza with my left hand, my right hand is carrying these two plates. And as I'm stretching over to deliver his pizza, I'm watching in slow motion like a Baywatch movie, as the pizza starts to slide off the plate and lands on this guy's head. He was wearing a pizza for a hat. 
boiling. It was toppings first landed on his head. He jumped up. Ah, he's so hot. His mates are laughing. I'm crying. I just wanted the ground to swallow me up. You know those moments where you're like, Lord, come quickly. If there's ever a time you're coming back, make it this moment. As I give them three meals and I sat and cried myself to, you know, to sanity in the kitchen. It was dramatic. But a moment in my life where I thought way too small, instead of trying to galvanize the team, trying to create another solution, a better way, I thought too small and thought that I could do it. And I reckon all of us in life, haven't we? We've had those moments, not necessarily dropping a pizza on a guy's head, but those moments where we've thought too small. In fact, I want to suggest in our culture, small thinking is ingrained into who we are. We say things like this, I'm not thinking too small, I'm just being realistic. Have you ever heard that before? I'm not being pessimistic. I'm not being negative, Pastor Lee. I'm just being realistic. I want to suggest that realism can be negativity in disguise. And what realism will do, what small thinking will do, will keep you bound from living the large life that God intends for you. Because if we think small, we'll live small. But how many people know God has called us to a large, expansive, taking ground kind of life that advances the kingdom of God and transforms society one person at a time. Pastor Darrell believes it. Do you believe it? Great. I've got some smiles in Northern Ireland. That tick in that box. Brilliant. So I want to suggest three things today we all need to do in order to think bigger and to live larger. Are you ready? The first thing is this. If I remember my notes. Dream again. Dream again. Turn to your neighbor and say, dream again. Dream again. We pick up this story in Genesis 37, starting at verse 5. It's the story of Joseph. And we pick up the account in verse 5 of chapter 37. For those of you that have Bibles, it says this. Joseph had a dream. Anybody had a dream before? Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. Joseph said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Verse 8, his brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us, Joseph? Will you actually rule us? Catch this. And they hated him all the more, the Bible says, because of what? Because of his dream and what he had said. Verse 19, they said to him, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Joseph had a dream in his day that was viewed as a dream of impossibility. In fact, Joseph's dream took him from the pit into a prison and then later into the palace. And only then in the palace did his dream come to fruition, whereas prime minister, he skillfully navigated Egypt through seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. Joseph had a dream but his brothers were insecure at his dream. They said to him, here comes that dreamer, they mockingly declared. And his brothers were insecure because the large dreams of Joseph intimidated their small thinking. Let me tell you, Vibe Church, dreams intimidate small thinking. Dreams put the devil to shame. Dreams challenge the status quo. Dreams transform culture. Dreams have the potential not to just operate in the way things are, but to believe for a day that's coming that is better than imagined or expected. It was a dream that caused Jackie Pullinger 
at the age of 22 to buy a one-way ticket to Hong Kong. And with nothing but $10 in her pocket, she moved her life to Hong Kong and set up drug rehab centers in the middle of the opioid capital of the world at that time. And over time, she led hundreds and hundreds of gang members to Jesus. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask, than we can think, than we can imagine. In other words, dream according to the power that is at work within us. But somewhere along the way, if we're honest, we grow up. We stop dreaming, we start, stop imagining, and we start living realistically and start living small and start thinking small. So instead of, like the Bible says in Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God, we do this. We douse the raging fire of our dreams with a water bucket filled half empty with realism and disbelief, convincing ourselves it's better not to play with fire because we'll only get burnt. Vibe Church, I've come all the way from Chester today to tell you it is time to dream again. Acts 2.17 says this, says, God pours out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men see visions. Your old men dream dreams. See, God today has given us the Holy Spirit inside of us, not so we'll operate in the way things are, but so that we could operate in line with God's vision for our city, not just accepting the status quo, not accepting homelessness, not accepting poverty, not accepting the way things are, but believing for a day of greater things, not by our strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. That means today you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you and you can dream again. That means where you've been cancelled or told you couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't, you're a carrier if you're a Christian in this place of the power of the Holy Ghost. God's Spirit lives inside of you that you don't have to accept and operate in the way things are, but you can dream again. Right across this place, it's time to dream again in order to think bigger and live larger. The second thing I want to suggest in order to think bigger and live larger is to find a way. Find a way. Turn to your neighbor and say, find a way. Find a way. Someone once said, if it matters, you'll find a way, but if it doesn't, you'll find an excuse. Have you heard that before? If it matters, you'll find a way. If it doesn't, you'll find an excuse. I heard a story in a podcast a little while ago about a mother of six children who started a company called Bailey's Blossoms Co. And she had six kids and started the company from her kitchen table and turned the company into a seven-figure company. In fact, her husband, who laughed at her at the time, she then retired him out of his corporate job and brought him in to work for her. Talk about the irony. Told she couldn't do it. She's six kids, had every reason not to. But what did she do? She found a way. Martin Luther, the great reformer, started the Protestant Reformation, says this, says, I have so much business to attend to, I can't help but spend three hours daily in prayer. It's crazy, isn't it? He's the leader of the Protestant Reformation. If anybody had an excuse not to spend any time at all in prayer, it was him. But he made a decision not to just live under the way things were, but to find a way. And many of us today, we want to live a larger life for God, don't we? But we're held captive by the prison of excuses. I'm just too young. I can't do it. Maybe I'm too old. My time's gone. I don't have the money pastorally. How could I start that business? I don't have the education. There's no way I can do it. 
All of us have been held captive at some point by the prison of excuses. And I want to ask you today, would you be bold enough? Would you be brave enough to find a way? David had every excuse not to go up against Goliath. You know that, right? Let me tell you, David is running food. He's the errand boy out to the front line of the army in 1 Samuel 17. He's running food. He's running supplies. He's young. He's the errand boy. And what's happening in this context in chapter 17, verse 32, this is a narrative of David approaching Saul and asking him if he could go and fight Goliath because nobody wanted to touch Goliath. David says this, verse 32, chapter 17 says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, says Goliath. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out and fight this Philistine. You're only, catch this excuse, you're only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. It's easy for us in hindsight to read this and say, well, of course David should have gone and fought him. But you've got to understand, Saul was the king. Saul's the CEO. Saul's the boss. If the boss tells you, the king tells you to do something, you listen and obey. And on top of that, for 40 days, the Israelite army were running in fear from the Philistines. They'd march to the front line in morning and evening, and then Goliath would come forward, the nine-foot giant, and all of Israel would run in fear and say, thanks, but no thanks. And then David's brother in verse 28, just before this, he calls him wicked for even thinking of such an idea. So David's boss says no, the culture, the society say no, his family say no, but where everybody was looking for excuses, David found a way. And in verse 40, he takes his staff in his hand. He chooses five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with the sling in his hand, he approaches Goliath. David moves from making excuses to finding away. And with one shot, he takes down the nine-foot giant and he wins the war. David thinks bigger and David lives larger. Five Church, I want to ask you this. Where have you replaced the large thinking of solutions with the small thinking of excuses? How many dreams today live shackled in the prison called excuse. I can't build a nation-shaking kids team. We don't have the leaders. Find a way. We can't invest in running a great program. We just don't have the money. Find a way. I don't know how to gain momentum back in the church or in my organization or in my job. Find a way. And together we'll find a way and we'll think bigger and we'll live larger. The last thing I want to suggest in order to live this kind of life, to think big and live large, is to attempt the impossible. Attempt the impossible. Turn to your neighbor, tell them one last time, I promise. Attempt the impossible. I'm pulling a lot out of you today, aren't you? You're doing great. Attempt the impossible. And if the band could come up and help me land this, that would be perfect. Thanks so much, team. Bible says this in Luke 18, verse 27. I love it. It's the whole kind of theme of today. We hadn't spoken about the set list or I didn't really know about your project possible or the song we'd sing about anything being possible. Luke 18, 27 says it like this. As Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. William Carey, the great Christian missionary, says it like this. says, if you expect great things from God, you've got to attempt great things for God. Because big thinking has to translate into big living. We've got to break out of the prison of small excuse and step into the realm of big thinking and big living. 
Frost and Chester, we, like you guys, are embarking on a building campaign. And there's a building across the road from us owned by a group called the Sanctuary Group. In fact, we've got some photos the guys have put up on screen just now. And our current building is about 20% the size of this. So you can see the front here of the building and the side. And the building costs 1.8 million pound. Now, when I told my dad, who's not a Christian, about this yesterday, you could see the gaunt expression in his face. And he said some language that is not appropriate from church. But along the lines of, how are you going to do this? See, what happens when you've got no faith? Everything's impossible. Sometimes it's just luck. It's just chance. It's whatever way the wind's blowing. It's all about fortune and favor. But where I come from, see, I'm from Cumbria. I'm Northern Irish. I'm cut from the same cloth as you guys. Where I come from, it's easy to accept things as the way they are. But I was born again. And so I live in a new a new headspace. I speak a new language. I'm a new person. I'm a man of faith, as are you. You're under the kingdom of God, so you don't see things through the lens of impossibility. You see it through the lens of Luke 18, verse 27. Possible with man, possible with God. So this is 1.8 million pounds. Now let me tell you, this gets crazier. So it's already a lot of money, right? And we're in a lease building right now, a warehouse across the road. This is across the road from us, from the council. And um, the for sale sign came up six, seven months ago now. And some of the church team, the leaders, you know, came to the door on Sunday, walking in the church as you do. And uh, they seen the for sale sign. They said, Pastor Lee, the building's for sale. And I hadn't thought about it before. I was thinking about planting a location in Bangor in North Wales. I had no grid for this. But Pastor Glenn's word for the year for our church was expect surprises. For sale sign goes up. Okay, we'll knock a door. We'll have a site visit. And we... Walked across and five site visits later, they've accepted our offer on the building. Praise God. And it gets better. So we're in a lease from the council. We've three years left. So we have to find a new tenant or pay ourselves out of the lease. Um, when you're paying about now seven grand a month on the lease to pay it out for three years, that's a lot of money to get out of contract. And these guys are looking for a new building. So they came to our building and had a site visit. And they love our building and they want to take over our lease from the council. Unbelievable. They want to take our lease and we're going to buy their building. And what's cool about this is this road where we're on as a church is called Sovereign Way. So we're Audacious Church Chester on Sovereign Way. And we as a church are going to, by faith, walk across Sovereign Way and see it into the sanctuary in Jesus' name. The building's incredible, but the building's not the vision. Same with you guys. The building is a vehicle for the vision, for the many hundreds and thousands of people that are going to come to know God through you. But it all starts with attempting the impossible. How do we start? You attempt the impossible by doing the possible. Peter stepped out of the boat in faith, but then started the drawing in his unbelief. Esther in the Bible, she's approaching the king, trying to save a nation from execution and destruction. With her knees shaking, she's approaching the king, full of fear. Thomas the apostle, one of those closest to Jesus, begins to die in the resurrection. All of us in life, if we're honest, will have times where we're full of uncertainty, maybe full of a little bit of fear. But if we, with a little bit of faith, can start to do the impossible, do the possible like Peter will step out of the boat and will begin to walk on water. 
Like Esther will approach the king with a little bit of faith and will save a nation. Like Thomas will go to India and be martyred for our faith and leave a legacy that builds a church. It all starts with doing the possible. And so for our building, it seems impossible, but we start to move in possibility. And I wonder today, what is it God's challenging your heart to attempt in faith? Maybe for some of you today, you've let those dreams be shackled or you've let those dreams go to the graveyard. I wanna say today, this is your word and season. It's time for a resurrection of the graveyard and those dreams to come to life again. Maybe it's family members you once had faith for that aren't saved. It's time to believe again. Maybe it's a business you've carried in your heart but is yet to be pen on paper. The light is green. Been waiting for a word from God and he's brought you an Irishman with a weird accent because he's lived in England for eight years to dare you to attempt the impossible. How do we do it? Sounds nice, doesn't it? Thinking big, living large. What's the first step today? It's to become an owner of your thinking. It's to own your thinking. Everything starts with a thought. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. This is the key bit. And we take captive every thought and do what with it? Make it obedient to Christ Jesus. Great Pastor Lee, I'm grabbing my thoughts, I'm making them obedient. What now? What do I think about here? From Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, what is, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You can only dream again. You can only find a way. You can only attempt the impossible when you own your thinking. I wanna challenge you today. What have you been told you can't do, but in Jesus' name you can do? What have maybe teachers spoken over your life that you've carried for years, but you wanna break off by faith today in Jesus' name? What have you told yourself? You once had a dream, but now you've let the prison of excuse hold you bound. I wanna tell you today, own your thinking, think bigger, live larger, and together let's break out of the prison of small thinking and live a large life for God in Jesus' name. Your vibe, church. Your vibe, church, you're big thinkers. By nature, it's who you are. Started as a small group of people with a dream for a church in Armagh. Now you've got two services, leading people to Jesus, reaching the lost, building the kingdom of God by faith. You once had a small space, now you're going to a large space. You're big thinkers, it's who you are. If you're part of this church, you can't afford to live small because the world lives small and thinks small and is caught up with small things. But we are the children of God. We have a higher authority. We have a higher kingdom. We've got a God who's on the throne. And so if that's the God that we serve, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, He can do anything. And if He can do it for us in Chester, He can do it for you in Armagh and Market Hill and Portadown and wherever you're from. But He's not looking to anyone else, He's looking to you. Bible says this in Chronicles, love this verse. 2 Chronicles 16 verse nine says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth, looking for hearts to strengthen for those who are fully committed to Him. See, if you are committed to God, He'll provide the strength. 
He'll give you faith. He'll give you courage. He'll give you what you need. Finance is what you're lacking for your business. Well, because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, he just has to sell a cow. It's easy for him. But he's looking for people today who will say yes to God, yes to the things of God, and no to the things of the world. So right across this place, if you're able, why don't you jump to your feet as we're gonna pray. And I wanna create a moment today for those of you who are, just feel a touch from God, from the Holy Spirit about this message, who maybe you've started to think small. You've started to allow excuses to run the narrative of your mind. You once had a dream, but as I've spoken about the dream today, there's almost like a little bit of shame about it because you knew you should have done it, but you feel like you've missed your moment. I want to tell you, the Bible says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So for where the devil wants to give you a garment of shame, God wants to give you a garment of praise. And I feel like he's saying today, it's time to go again. It's time to give it a go. It's time to give it a try. It's time to step out of the boat in faith. You never know, maybe you'll walk on water. So if that's you today and you've just said, you know what, Pastor Lee, I just feel like I've lost the dream or I'm struggling to find a way. We're gonna pray for just strategy from heaven that God will find a way. Or maybe you know there's something impossible in your world God's calling you to. But today with a little bit of faith, you're gonna attempt it. I just wanna pray. It's kind of a prayer where I'm gonna put a seal on this word that as you've responded in your heart, that God's gonna do something in you by the Holy Spirit and it's gonna just almost fill you again, give you new confidence, new boldness, give you kingdom strategy to think bigger and live larger. So if that's you, why don't you right across this place with every head bowed and eyes closed, why don't you lift your hands to heaven if you're saying, yes, this is for me today. I wanna dream again. I wanna find a way. I wanna attempt the impossible. I don't wanna live in the prison of small thinking, but I wanna think big and live large. Join all these people across the room right now with their arms raised and all those in the first service who today are saying, I wanna think big and by the grace of God, I wanna live large. So Father, right now, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit, which separates us from the concerts that God, because we're in the presence of God, anything is possible. And Lord, right now, where people's dreams have almost gone to the graveyard and died, Lord, right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we resurrect those dreams in Jesus' name. We say dead things come to life in Jesus' name. Where Jesus spoke to Letha and the dead girl got up and walked. We just speak those words, come alive right now in Jesus' name. Businesses that have gone to the graveyard come alive in Jesus' name thinking that says there's no hope for my family because they're lost. We just say, come alive right now in Jesus' name. Lord, by your Spirit, come and give divine strategy right now. Just feels like some people are at a junction right now. They don't know whether to go left, right, or straight on. Father, right now, show them the way. As you lead us, God, I pray we would follow in your footsteps, like walking through the sand. We're following in your footprints. Lord, right now, make it clear where there's confusion, God, you're the author of clarity and bring navigation right now. Someone in this room still not sure. Something you just feel like there's a little niggle in your spirit and you're just saying, you know what, I'm not sure, but I feel like I need to give this a go again. I just wanna pray for you right now. So if that's you, just lift your hand up and I wanna pray. Father, I just pray for people in the room right now who just have the niggle in this place. They've just not been sure up to now, but the light is green. 
and there's an opportunity right now to attempt the impossible, to dream again and find a way. And I pray for those things buried deep in people's hearts. I pray that pen gets to paper this week, God, that you put the right people in their world, that where they're unsure of what to do and where to go, give them just small group leaders and friends and business leaders and influence with the council, God, and they'll know which way to go. They'll know what to do right now. It's Holy Spirit. We just put a seal in this moment. Uh, we thank you for what you're doing. And God, I pray for us in Armagh, Northern Ireland. Help us by the power of your Spirit to own our thinking. Where there's a negative thought life in this place, God, we break the bondage off that in Jesus' name. Where there's been thoughts of depression, anxiety, negativity, realism, God, we just break those things off right now in Jesus' name. And we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, come in, bring those thoughts of whatever is true, whatever is noble, admirable, lovely, excellent, or praiseworthy. That God, our minds would be a pure place for the dreams and the thoughts of God. In Jesus' name. And one last thing we want to do, so with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray for people in the room today who've come along to church and maybe you don't yet know Jesus as your Lord and Savior in your life. Or maybe you've come along with a family member, a friend, and you once walked with God. He was once the number one in your life, but you've turned your back on Him and went your own way. I want to offer an opportunity right now for you to reconnect your heart back to Jesus, for you to come back to God, for you to come to God for the first time and make Him the number one in your life. Let me tell you, God sent His Son Jesus. He paid a price on the cross that we could not pay so we wouldn't have to live in shame and uncertainty and in fear anymore. That because of His price paid for us on the cross, we could have eternity in heaven to come. But as John 10.10 says, life right now to the fullest. So if you don't yet know Jesus as your Lord or you're uncertain, hey, if you're uncertain, I wanna pray for you just now too because when you commit your heart to God, there's an assurance and there's a certainty that you're saved, you're loved and that you're His. So if today you're saying, I wanna take a chance on Jesus, I'm gonna count to three in a moment. And I'm gonna ask you nice and high to lift your hand up when I get to three, just as a sign that I know who I'm praying this prayer of connection with today. So if that's you with a little bit of faith, you wanna come back to God, or you wanna come to Him for the first time, then one, you don't have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted, but today you know you need to get right with God too. You don't have it all worked out, but your heart is racing in this moment and you know that you've been far from God, but you wanna come back into right relationship with the God who loves you, who wants to show you your purpose and your destiny. Then right across this place, with a little bit of faith, three, lift your hand to heaven just now as we pray. Right across the room saying, today I'm coming back to God. Thank you, I see that hand. Amazing, looking across the room, saying today I choose to get right with God. Thank you, I see that hand, amazing. Join these incredible people today, saying today I choose to get right with God. Looking to my left, your right, saying today I choose to get right with God. In the middle, saying I'm gonna take a chance on Jesus, make Him the Lord of my life. Lastly, my right, your left. Lift your hand if you're saying today I choose to get right with God, amazing. Amazing. We're going to pray a prayer of connection, connecting you with the God of heaven. But where I'm from in our church, when one person prays, everybody prays. And this is a repeat after me prayer. So we're all going to pray this prayer together. So repeat after me. Father God, thank you that you sent Jesus who died for me, that took my shame on the cross so that I could live free. I recognize I've lived my own way but today I choose to live your way. 
forgive me of my past and show me what my future looks like. Today I'm a Christian. I make you the number one in my life. May I live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate these incredible people. If you're one of those people today, lift your hands. Please speak to one of the team today, Pastor Daryl or Nikki or one of the guys on Connections. We'd love to talk to you about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And uh, for everybody else in the room, let's sing that song one more time and just put a seal on this moment. So we're going to sing it, Everything is Possible. So right across this place, lift your hands to heaven as we worship. One more time as we just declare, anything is possible.